Hello there, Faithful Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that there are several ways you can support this show. First of all, just the fact that you're downloading the show, listening, that helps a lot. But if you could rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you're using, I would greatly appreciate that because that gets the show in front of more people. You can also share it with people you think might benefit from the show. If you are interested in investing more and supporting the show, there's a few ways to do that. First of all, in the show notes of every episode, there are links to companies and products that I am an affiliate for, that I use on a daily basis as a part of my own personal healthy journey that I feel I love sharing with all of you. And if you use those links and codes, you save a little bit and you also generate some revenue for the show. Another way is, of course, the Patreon. And the Patreon for the Fat Guy Forum is not only a way for you to show some financial support for the show, but you also get access to bonus material. And right now that includes 58 bonus episodes where I continue my conversations with the guests in the after show. And you also get a say in how the show evolves and grows. I'm thinking of changing the Fat Guy 5 soon, and I would love to get the input of all my Patreons on that. So if you are interested in that, sign up for one of the tiers of the Patreon that you're, it, you know, involves a payment. Yes, there are, you can sign up for free. I don't know why Patreon allows that, but you can do that. But you don't get access to any of the fun stuff. So sign yourself up. Link is in the show notes. And now let's get on to this week's new guest. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you once again. Here we go. I am sitting down with another new guest to the show. I'm excited that whenever I get to bring new people on and, and bring their stories to you and get to have a, and look forward. Okay. I'm recording on Saturday morning, and apparently my words haven't synced up with my body yet out here, but <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, and I'm happy to have the guest on the show today. His name is JC Kirby. JC, how are you doing today, man? Oh, Matt, living the dream. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolute honor, privilege. Happy to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here, man. So let's get into it and tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Ah, yes, sir. Good question. Um, so uh, all the way back, um, you know, going back to childhood, I have always been um, a larger child. Um, I come from long line of Irish and Finnish farmers. So we're just naturally big boned, larger bone density. Um and so growing up, I kind of always had these inclinations that I was a little bit different um, in regards to my appearance, to my body image. Um, so from a pretty young age, that created uh, this kind of sense of insecurity in me and just not really knowing who I was, not having a comfortable sense of who I was. Um, and as is with a lot of those insecurities, you kind of create this mask and you become this almost comedian chameleon um a little bit of both to to fit in with whatever click whatever um niche you are a part of um and uh, i played sports um i think uh, one of your um actual just most recent guests same idea i played sports uh, but i was always bigger um let me tell you running the like the sprints whatever sport football basketball baseball dead last every single time without a doubt um <laughs> I mean, like lining up on the line, there ain't no way I'm beating anybody else. Um, and that kind of transgressed into high school where um, I started to really struggle with mental health, um, depression, anxiety, um, as far as suicidal ideation. And uh, that is where I actually developed my binge eating disorder. 
and I continued to gain weight uh, pretty rapidly up until I reached just a, a titch over 300 pounds. Um, and when you're 300 pounds and you're, I mean, 17 years old, it is, it is a, a pretty quick first judge of character, even though it shouldn't be with all of your peers around you. They look at you, they go, oh, all right, cool. I know exactly who you are. Um, and that, again, just creates this swath of insecurity, um, further um, self-loathing, depression, all, all of that not so fun stuff. And um, then well, it becomes I, like a cycle, right? Like, yeah, you know, and obviously, like, I, I think we have perspective on it now, you know, later in our lives, but it's that reinforce, you know, it's, you know, the, the behavior is triggered, the behavior happens, the behavior, you know, creates more of the challenge. Like it just, it's, it's wild sometimes how like we're, you know, we, as human beings, we create these behaviors that are helping us momentarily, but in the end, you know, set us up to just kind of stay in those patterns. Oh, 100%. And that's, um, working uh, with what I do now as a personal trainer, life coach, nutri nutrition coach, all that stuff. And then even within uh, my own recovery and therapy, um, it's working with uh, just doing your best in the moment now, in the present to kind of uncoil almost a, sometimes a lifetime of learned behavior and reinforced behavior. Um, and so within that, I, you know, 300 pounds, um, I had tried every single fad diet, everything other than sustainable um lifestyle changes. And I graduated high school in 2017. Um, I'm originally from the upper peninsula of Michigan. Uh, and I, I hightailed it out of there as quickly as I could. And I went, you know, this is where I get to create um, a new me a new beginning thinking, um, you know, in a, unfortunately, not so realistic sense, more of a, um, you know, fantasy sense, hoping that one day I would wake up and I would be, you know, quote, unquote, cured obviously not the case. Um, and I use cure in a, I think very allegorical sense. Like it's, it's, there's always going to be one step forward that we get to take. Um, and from there, um, I, I started to lose weight very, very rapidly through again, unsustainable tactics, um, you know, water fasting, over-exercise, complete restriction. Um, and I lost those hundred pounds very, very quickly. Um, and I got a job. I kind of fell into a job accidentally through into a personal training gig. Um, and I went, oh, I, I want to help people. I really like this. Um, it just, you know, I, I found that I was good at helping people. I just wasn't that great at helping myself. Um, I think, which is a lot of case in a lot of cases, at least that's very true with a lot of people. Um, when you experience struggle and strife in your life, um, at the hand of maybe other people around you, you become very, very um, adept and good at helping those around you, but you aren't that great at helping yourself. Um, and that, um, from there, I grew into, not grew into, developed rather, my bulimia through exercise. Um, so purging my calories through um, intensive, rigorous, vigorous exercise multiple times a day, hours a day. Um, and that led to, again, very unsustainable um, ways of life, which then led me into overtraining syndrome, um, royally messed up my body, messed up my hormones for a while there. And COVID hit in 2020. And um, that was kind of this moment of like, oh, I get to step off the pedal. I get to do nothing. I can kind of live within this realm of my binge eating disorder. 
and um, you know, went from around the 200 pounds lost or the, sorry, the 100 pounds lost um, and gained about 90 pounds of that back um, relatively quickly, just in a matter of like three months. Um, and towards the end of 2020 is when I really started to take my recovery seriously and started to really kind of delve into sustainable lifestyle changes, behavioral changes. Um, I sought out therapy. And then in late 2021, I decided, hey, um, I, I want to continue to help people. I think I can reach a greater audience. Um, and I put my, one of my other passions to use, which was writing. And I wrote uh, my, my very first published book of poetry titled To My Eating Disorder, which just entails you know, my entire journey. Um, and since then, I have continued recovery, continued um, therapy, continued writing, being an advocate for other mental health um, strugglers and people who are kind of in that realm of, of insecurity and maybe not being sure of who they are or where they want to go. And now that leads me into this conversation with you. Which it certainly does. And there's, there's some things in there that, you know, obviously... I mean, we're going to talk about all of it. Like, we're, it's, not, <laughs> sure. it's not, okay, eight minutes, you know, 10 minutes. This is the, this is the quickest one I've ever done, you know? So every, every, <laughs> right. everything's great today. Let's just move, you know, let's just move on. Um, you know, it's that idea. Like, I think there's something, cause I, I, I know there's, there's some people out there listening, like something I think it would be good for us to, you know, to go back to, you know, immediately, like that concept, you know, the, the, the just the idea that, you can struggle with, with an eating disorder on one level, you know, one in one form, shift behavior, and it manifests in another. And there's probably someone out there listening who's like exercising too much. You know, that's not a you know, that's not an eating disorder. That's just you're taking care of yourself. You're fine, you know, you're finally doing what you needed to be doing, you know, I think is an added, especially when we talk about the nuances of bulimia. Like, you know, being able to kind of get into like having like a real discussion here about this, like there's a difference between incorporating, you know, sustainable, healthy, active, you know, intentional activity in your life and what you then can use that for. And I think that's one of the things that's prevalent, you know, throughout the health, you know, community in general. And I, 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 this topic's at the forefront of my mind, you know, not just from, you know, my lived experience and the work I do with clients and things along those lines right now, just because I'm working on a, a blog on the, you know, the realm of, you know, talking about orthorexia and, and food fear and, you know, things along those lines in the health and fitness space, you know, that people see all the time. And I think that comes through with exercise as well. Like things that we do for our bodies that are healthy don't always exist in healthy patterns, you know, when they're being used for different things. And so what was your, what, what was, what was it like, you know, cause then talking to someone who's experienced it and I promise I'm getting to a question. I'm not just rambling. Um, no, please take time. But getting to that place where you, you know, because I'm sure there there was a point where your perspective was, I'm just doing what I need to do, you know, to balance out my body and take care of my body. Like, when did you start to under, you know, start to really have a consciousness around? Okay, this isn't just I'm exercising too much. This is something, you know, that's that's taking up this space in my life. You know, that is becoming something that is is more disordered than ordered. Yeah, um, I so there was always that even all the way back in high school, um, there was always that voice. If, I mean, albeit a very, very tiny voice um, 
take Geppetto and divide him by about a hundred. I mean, just maybe not. No, who's the cricket in Pinocchio? Is it Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. Who's like Jiminy Cricket? Con- yep. Jiminy Cricket. There we go. Thank you. Um, take him, divide him by about a hundred, and I mean that's how small and quiet that voice was. But I always had this sense of um, with binge eating. And then, um, you know, transgressing into over-restricting and over-exercising. Um, like, I always had a sense that it was wrong. What I was doing wasn't going to lead to sustainable growth or progress or recovery. But I, where I was in those moments were, they far outweighed um, any sense of sustainable kind of lifestyle, even any sort of future for myself. Because in those moments, um it just became about, it almost became this survival mechanism in the sense of if I, if I don't binge eat right now, I feel like I'm not going to survive whatever emotional trigger is bringing this about. If I don't water fast for five days, work out four times every single day for three to four hours at a time, like skipping work, I'm, I'm not going to make out of, make it out of this alive. And ironically, that just happens to be the exact opposite of what I was doing was slowly and then fairly quickly, um, you know, killing myself uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, so I, I always knew it was there, but it was it was when I met and started dating my my wife um, all the way back in 2018, where I started to really kind of notice, oh, these patterns are entirely healthy or good for me. Um, she herself has, um, she's in recovery from um, bulimia and she would kind of point out these these habits of myself that she noticed um, when I would relapse. Um, I was very prone to ghosting and just kind of disappearing and intentionally trying to, you know, you put up that emotional wall and then you just, you live in that realm of, of dopamine and serotonin that you get for those fleeting moments. And she was the one that kind of went, hey, if this is going to work between us, which I wanted to, um, you have to you have to start taking care of yourself. And those those words um, were kind of the very first moment where I had to be real with myself and I and go, if I want this to work, if if I if I'm I have to start healing myself if I want to let somebody else in. Um, and I think you know not to not to go down the ooey gooey scene here, but like. I think we love the greatest when we start to really learn how to love ourselves. And um, yeah, so it was uh, honestly, I owe my life in almost every sense of that phrase. And I've said it a thousand times on my other platforms, but I owe my life in every phrase and every sense of that phrase to her. So it was really her that started to help develop those tools for me. And that's, you know, I, I think you hit on something really important there because it's not, you know, when we're in these active patterns of behavior, you know, whether it's, you know, someone that uses food or someone that uses exercise or uses drugs or alcohol. It's almost like the, the outside public has this perception, like you, you're completely ignorant to your behavior. And then one day, you know, the, the, the movie version is like, I'm oblivious. And then one day I hit rock bottom and then I know my life needs to change and everything's there. When really it is more about that undercurrent, that undercurrent of, I know you know, on some levels, it's almost like, I know what I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I don't know anything else. Like, and, and, you know, it goes back to a phrase you used, you know, the earlier, the idea of like these learned patterns of behavior, like they become, it's not just like the, 
it's not, it's a coping mechanism, but it's not just a coping mechanism. It's like, this is how I operate. You know, this is, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't feel good about it. You know, there are times where it's something that beats me up, but where to go from here is, you know, always like that disconnect because of that place that it occupies in our heads. You know, that place that was telling you that if I don't binge right now, I'm not going to survive this. If, if I don't exercise for four hours today, if I don't water fast, like not, and, and, and again, it, there's so much nuance and I know you know this, like, especially knowing the work that you've done and your writing and, and, you know, it's, it's not like, I, I like to describe it sometimes. It's almost like we, we try to impose intentional ignorance over the behavior, like, cause we want to do our best to not face what's actually, you know, to not let that voice that's telling us this is wrong, get louder because then you have to do something about it. And then you have to make a change and take away yeah. this thing that has been there. 100%. And that's um, to your point too. And I think that's not, not a thing. I know that's one of the reasons why I really, um, really appreciate your own sort of message that, um, that you give out too, is I've had so many rock bottoms and I know we all live very individualistic experiences. And some people kind of have that one final rock bottom where they go, all right, that's it. I'm done. Um, I, on the other hand, tend to not operate that way. So I had, I mean, realistically hundreds of different rock bottoms where I went, I need to change my behaviors. I need to change my lifestyle. And sure enough, two weeks later, I was right back in that same spot, you know, missing work, lying to people, lying to friends, lying to family, um, just to live within the ignorance, um, as you put it, with within my eating disorder, within my mental health, because I was so terrified of what was on the other side of actually recovering. I was so scared that recovering wouldn't be as fulfilling, as passionate, as intimate, as living within that bubble of, of isolation and loneliness. And it's, it's, a, it's like a lot of things. Once you actually remove yourself and you get out of that bubble, you go, oh my, oh, oh my great heavens. That is so clear and so obvious. But when you're actively in that bubble and you can't pull yourself from it, that's what you live is what you believe. And there might be a filter, a film that you can kind of see through that it's foggy. You're like, oh, I think there might be sunlight out there. But let me just stay in the nighttime here because this is what I know. Um, and it's when you start to really learn different lifestyle behaviors, different um, coping mechanisms and cognitive shifts and thinking that you can kind of put like dip one toe out and then a foot and then a leg. And then finally, you're in the sunlight and you go, oh, my God, this is so much more warm. This is so much warmer than that freezing tundra that I was just living mm -hmm. inside for years. Well, that's, you know, and, and this is like a word I feel like I use a lot in conversations, but also, you know, on so many levels, it ends up being about perspective. Like when our lived perspective is being in that place, you know, whether it's a disordered place or not, like when that's all we know like you said, having that capability to see what the possibility is outside of that. We just, we just don't have that experience. Like in as human beings, we're very experiential and we want to quantify everything and we want everything to be, you know, uh, switches we flip and not really about having to sometimes feel our way through the dark. Like, so I think that makes, you know, 100% sense. Like it's something I think a lot of people listening are probably relating to, you know, especially like one of the things that jumps out for me, you know, is, you know, we talk about this idea of like rock bottoms and having hundreds of them. Like, I even think 
you know, when a person makes change, often it feels like they've had like one rock bottom. And then as they're doing the work and they're getting that perspective and they're standing in the place of light instead of that place of darkness, they start to realize the number of rock bottoms that they went through, the number of times that they were almost in this very similar spot, but couldn't see, you know, wanted to make promises, wanted, you know, I'm going to change this. This all ends tonight. You know, this is, you know, how many times, you know, have you sat there after binging and said, I'm never going to do this again? You know, and then a few days later, we're right back there again, or sometimes the next day, right back there again. Like, you know, and the things that we convince ourselves of, like our brains are really powerful. And for in many ways, like, sadly, for a lot of us, we sometimes turn that power in directions that aren't healthy. Like, we allow ourselves to accept things, we allow ourselves to tolerate things, we allow ourselves to continue patterns of behavior and make it our normal. You know, it's, it, it's almost like, it's almost like then the, the fear of change becomes stronger than the fear of like, of surviving, like of, of actual, like thriving, getting to a place of thriving and taking care of yourself because you'll have to change so many of these other things that have been there for so long. Yeah, no, that is, that holds all of that holds so much truth because even now in the, in the present, I've been in active recovery for um, all around just about three years now um, of, you know, intentional uh, recovery practices and things like that. And I'm, you know, it's, it's really cool when you're able to say continuously, oh, I'm in the best place I've ever been. And, but there are still many times, um, sometimes daily, honestly, where I have to remind myself, oh, hey, if I, if I start to take part in these ticks and these habits of, um, you know, as even compulsively moving, where I have to feel like I have to get 15, 20, 25, 30,000, like there's always going to be another rung of competition that I have to get to. Um, and I, I am now able to recognize so, so much better. Or if I take part in these, I'm going to start living um, a lifestyle again that is not aligned with who I want to be, who I want to continue to be. And I think people start, especially when they're on that journey and they've just started taking that journey, um, they start to like I have, I, I kind of came to this road and I have many times forks in the road where I go, ah, man, this old way of life, I know it's not good. It's not sustainable. Again, it's killing me in almost every sense of that phrase, but this is what I know. And this is, I, some sense of me believes that it's going to give me some sense of relief, but that relief is just dulling and, and dullness is in no sense, uh, any source of fulfillment. It's completely different. Um, it's fleeting, it goes, it's gone. Where if I go down this other road, it's it's a little bit more murky. It's you know filled with some fog, some haze. But I think I can see that glimmer of light through the trees if I just keep on this path. Um, and it start it it's when you really start to make headway, even a week, a month, you know, however long you have to go until you start to see that progress. Which I have found for most people, it's really not that long when they can start to see the small changes taking place, which important to recognize and celebrate those small wins but you go oh wow yeah i do feel much more fulfilled and impassioned than i did you know in that other space i was inhabiting and you have to be connected to yourself for that you know for those feelings to exist and be there and you know one of the words one of the things you, you mentioned earlier too that i i think is important in this context is the desire to be cured versus living living in a place of recovery you know, chasing a cure because 
and I use, you know, cures in quotes, like it's that idea that because I, I, and I think this is, I think this is one of the things that holds, you know, I can say there were certainly times in my life where it held me back and, you know, the lived experiences of a lot of people that I've, you know, had on the show and worked with and just talked to all the time on social media. Like we live in that place of, I just, you know, I'm, I'm actively binging, you know, I, I know my behavior is destructive. I know, I see all the things, you know, the things it's taking from me in my life, the things it's keeping me from. I just want to get to a place where that struggle is 100% gone forever. And when I get to that place where everything is 100% easy and good, that's when I'll be cured and I'm going to get to that place, you know, and I need to be there. That's where I need to be. Instead of acknowledging that really living a, a, a healthy life moving forward becomes more about, like you're saying, that there are some days that are really great and there are some days that are challenging and not allowing the fact that some of those challenges feel like the challenges you felt, you know, two years before make you say, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not better at all. So why am I even trying? Like, that's the, the eating disorder speaking, I think, in a lot of ways, like, that's that voice that's saying, you know, you, you were tempted to binge today, you know, you haven't done that. And, you know, you haven't done that in months, you must really be as bad as you were on day one. You know, you're not, I, I have done, I have done none of what I'm doing is working, because I felt, you know, and whether it's I felt that temptation, or I gave into that temptation, like, it's acknowledging you know, I like, I have very much come to this place where the thing I say is like, it's not that the challenges in our lives are ever going to go away. It's that we become better at acknowledging their, when they're starting to show up, when they're there and how we manage them and what we do to take care of ourselves during those times. Like, and that's the place to want to get to instead of just this place of I flipped a switch because, you know, being in the, you know, in that, in the social space, I'm sure you see it all the time. I see it. And it just makes me cringe when I just see someone on the screen saying, you know, I used to be an active binge eater and I'm now a hundred percent cured and I'm going to show you how to be cured. Like it's that language that's just pulling at that part of that person that wants to feel that feel, you know, wants to, wants that, you know, desires oh, that. Absolutely. You yeah, know, and, and that's, Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, no, that's 100%. That just, I, I connected with that so, so much because my entire platform is all about outside of, you know, posting my writings is all about uh, finding that middle ground because realistically this life is filled with stressors. It's filled with happiness, fulfillment. It's filled with so many things that cannot be just contained to one, some part. And I used to, get stuck in that idea and that fantasy and that hope of one day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be again, quote unquote, cured with whatever that meant. And to me, that was just, I'm going to never binge eat again. Um, and that's part of the reason why um, I moved 550 miles away from where I was born and raised because I thought this new beginning is going to give me a new opportunity to, to help find myself and to help fix myself without acknowledging that I was not doing anything to actually help find or fix myself. And um, to your point, I mean, what you had said a few minutes back is you have to, you have to start finding yourself and understand yourself to really start making that progress. Because I, let me tell you, I have had, I mean, as many rock bottoms as I've had, I've probably had almost near as many identity crises, not knowing who I was, who, what made me me, why I was made the way I was, I mean, and I, 
like hence the, the wearing the mask trying to be a chameleon trying to please everybody else and wanting as much external validation as i could because i had no sense of internal validation um you know no sense of who i was whatsoever and um starting to really find myself and just started with kind of sitting down and going what do i want to do who do i want to be in the present in in a month in a year in five years and really setting those not even just goals but i don't want to call them expectations but more of just so where this mold of who i wanted to be and if what I was doing wasn't aligning with that, then I went, okay, how do I align myself with, with who I want to be in that day, that goal, that person that I wanted to be in the day in the present might've just been, all right, how do I not binge eat today? And that was finding other like coping mechanisms. I mean, going for a walk, a slow walk, not a intensive exercise walk, but video games, writing, taking part in other hobbies and passions, finding other hobbies and passions. And, um, it just, not to ramble here, but it really does start to, to your point with just, just finding yourself and not, I don't use just lightly, but it starts with finding yourself and taking part in other hobbies and passions that you want to continue to mold into who you want to be. Well, because the nuance in those levels are important, right? Like, because I, I think if someone out there is listening and you're someone who struggles with binge eating or you know, binging through exercise or whatever, you know, whatever that manifest or starving yourself, whatever that looks like, you know, I think the initial thought as a human being is, okay, you know, I've been, I've been actively binging for the past four days. So my goal today is just to not binge. And I think sometimes that's enough to carry you on the first day, you know, like, you know, and I'm not, and again, I'm coming to a place where I'm saying that's not a good thing, but it's our, our focus becomes, I have to stop binge eating when there's so much more to binge eating than just putting food in our mouths. Like it's, it's not just about, I'm going to control, I'm going to, I'm going to control my food today because one, we very, you know, you, your story very clearly illustrates that sometimes then, okay, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to control these feelings and behavior through binging. I'm just going to find another way to do it. That's going to be just as unhealthy and not as great, but Hey, I didn't binge today. You know, I didn't binge today. I worked out for four hours and I, and, you know, and I water fasted and I started to tell myself I would be bad if I, if I touch food, wait a minute. Okay. I, I, I didn't binge today. So you met you met your goal, but did you do anything that's about really actually showing care for yourself and taking care for taking care of who you are as a person, you know, and who you want to be as a person. And I think that question, you know, who do I want to be is a powerful starting place but like you were saying, it's not just, it's not just as easily as asking that question and getting an answer. Like there's, there's work involved there that can be hard and not feel normal because how many times as people, does someone ever come up to you and say, Hey, you know, are you the person that you want to be? And what is, you know, what does that look, you know, what does a day in that person's life look like? You know, I think the answer most people come up with is like, I don't even know why I've never even thought about that question before, but it's one that I see as, being so, you know, crucial to actively moving into that place of whether it's a place of recovery or it's just a place of care that you've never given yourself. Like, so, you know, bringing it kind of back to you, JC, like when you realized that that was the question, you know, the questions you needed to ask yourself, you know, 
what was that like for you? And, you know, how did you get yourself through being able to find those answers? Yeah. So all the way back. So, I mean, as we have been talking, really working on finding that middle ground and finding moderation, because I mean, this whole conversation, right, is kind of about one end of the spectrum or the other and really finding my place within my own identity. Um, and that of uh, the a lack of that, a lack of understanding is what brought me from binge eating into over restricting into, you know, just um, into delving into over exercise and doing it very, very harshly and negative self-talk. So it, it really started, I really, I really started to find that common ground and footing with myself. Um, like I said, when I really sat down and um, it, when I say sit down, it wasn't like, it was just a random Tuesday. And I went, all right, let me, let me sit here in the, in the middle of a relapse. And let me, let me configure some things out. Um, it took, again, meeting my wife, having an external support network and allowing myself to have that network. Um, I am very, and it's something I still kind of have to watch for. I'm very prone to isolating and kind of withdrawing within myself if I'm experiencing any sort of emotional stress or strife. Um, so I had to really start to learn and practice opening myself up. And that for me personally, just anecdotally looked a lot like letting um, like my parents, my mom specifically, who I'm extremely close with, um, my girlfriend, my wife now, but girlfriend at the time, just letting them know, hey, I'm not okay. I don't really know what to do about this situation. I don't really know, um, you know, how to go about this. I just want to let you know I'm not okay. And I'm not expecting you to do anything about it. But just by acknowledging that I wasn't okay was was kind of that first step for me of acceptance. And once I got to that place of acceptance, which again, I've had many planes of acceptance and often I have to have repeated planes of acceptance of the same topic <laughs> as is, as is, you know, the, I think the conundrum with existence, it's just, it's that catch 22, it's going to happen again and again, and it's up to you to learn how best to understand and cope and progress through your pain. But um, I had to really learn how to accept and acknowledge that I wasn't okay. And then once I did that, I had to accept that not being okay in that moment at least was okay. I wasn't gonna get anywhere by negatively self-talking myself and talking down to myself. I had to meet myself like a human. And like now, you know, speaking with you about this and speaking to my other clients that I work with, like that's it seems like such an easy and common sense thing to do. Like, oh yeah, I should be nice to myself. I should treat others. I should treat myself how I normally treat other people um, and meet them, meet myself with kindness, compassion, but then you get in those moments of kind of diatribe and self-diatribe with yourself and you go, oh, I let me actually, let me try to catch this and stop this and just let myself know it's okay if I'm not okay right now. And that was when I started to really make that progress. Which, and, there, and there's something in there that we, we, we put on ourselves sometimes that's not fair, right? Like we, you know, even when we come to that acknowledgement, you know, I acknowledge that I'm okay, which then can sometimes come with the expectation on ourselves that I should have all of the answers to know how to be, be to be good. You know, I'm in this place of acknowledging that the, my behavior isn't healthy. You know, these things are happening for me. I don't feel good about it. I'm not okay. But then I should be able to just 
somehow know what it's going to take for me to be better, you know, for me to start feeling better. I should have those answers. And I think it's acknowledging that you're not going to have those answers, especially when you're not okay. Like it's in that. And again, now the language starts to get circular, but like you said, it's okay to not be okay. Like it is okay to say, I know I feel out of control in these areas, or I don't feel good about this, or I wake up every day and I just fight to get through the day. And I also don't know where, what the answer is to help me, but it's adding in that, that the added modifier of, but I want to find out what that is. And it's that part of me that wants to fight to find out what that is that allows me to get up every day and say, it's okay that I don't feel great today, but I'm actively conscious of the fact that I need to seek out those things that are going to support me, those things that are going to help me learn or grow or be the tools that I need, you know, whatever that ends up looking like. But like you said, it, it starts in that place, you know, and acknowledging for yourself that you were someone that isolates. I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, I know I can relate to that. You know, I have a ton, I have friends that I've reconnected with over the past couple of days that I haven't spoken to in months because they pulled themselves back and because, you know, things weren't going great for them. And they're like, yeah, you know, I, I go dark when this happens. And it's like, well, yeah. And we know what that means. You know, like people, someone on the outside, you know, can even know that, you know, like you were talking about even that experience with, you know, especially someone who's been through it, you know, with your then girlfriend saying to you, you know, I'm seeing these things. I under, you know, I, I know what those things are. And instead of like barging in and saying, this is what you need to do hundred percent to fix it. It's, you know, I need you to acknowledge it and, and start to, you know, work on those things in that area. Like it's understanding that it's not going to be, I'm in this place of not being okay and in disordered behavior. And the next day, everything is hunky dory and sunshine and rainbows and everything is perfect. And yeah, no, um, no, no, absolutely. That's and um, to your point too, like just everything you, everything you just kind of cover just holds so, so much truth. Um, and that's for me too, especially is I, I am someone who, because of experiences, life, just who I am, I, I really, I have this kind of kick about me where I want to learn as much as I can about a topic um, and experience as I can. So I feel like I am well-versed in whatever is kind of going on in my life. And that was honestly a part of it too, was this sense of pride of knowing that I couldn't get to a place of recovery or well-being that I wanted to get to on my own. And again, I, you know, you step out of that bubble and you go, Oh, it's completely okay to not have all the answers. Like you're not, I mean, you like, I don't look down on myself because I don't understand quantum physics, but in the, in that same breath in the past, I've looked down on myself because I didn't know how to help myself deal with experiences and um, deal with, you know, bullying and words of others that the onus isn't on me that those experiences happen to. So it's okay that you don't, know how to deal with them what is important is reaching out getting that help and when i finally finally received therapy and started going i mean that is when i really started to notice like it wasn't just these and sometimes it still was don't get me wrong but it a lot of the time it wasn't these incremental steps anymore of like like oh let me just shuffle forward sometimes it would be you know like a horizontal jump 10 feet forward and i'd be I would be in a completely new space I'd never been in. And then as is with growth and progress, you know, there'd be 
several steps back and then another jump forward, another shuffle forward. But reaching out is is really when I started to notice so much progress and self-growth within myself. And that's, I think, an important note for a lot of people too, is it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to not know how to get out of the rut, the trench that you're in right now. But if you reach out and you reach out to somebody who might be more well-versed, um, they can at least help you along that journey. No one makes makes complete sense there, man. And looking at, you know, and, and, and we're in a lot of ways, we're moving like bits. We, we jump back to your, your, your personal lived experience and you coming through that. And then we talk about these things that are applicable to every person that's listening, you know, and I'm completely okay with it with us jumping around like that, because that leads, you know, me to want to know about something for you. Like when you look at kind of where you're at, right now like where 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 jc sits today like have the the things that challenge you on a daily basis evolved or become new or you know what is your perspective on kind of like what are the things that you know are your you know are the things that does that is that question even making any sense what are the, <laughs> yeah, you know? No, what are the things no, that are challenging you on a daily basis now? Because I think that's part of you know what you're talking about when you were talking about like ten steps forward, two, three steps back, ten steps forward. Like, I think sometimes we you know we learn about what were the things that were were driving behavior in the past, and are you know they may not be the same things that are driving behavior now. Like, so when you look at your the challenges that you've come through and the work that you've done, you know, where do you feel like you sit today? Yeah. Um, also, I, you know, I'm very prone ADHD here. Um, I'm very prone to just ping ponging back and forth. So I also hope, you know, a lot of these points that are connecting with my own lived experiences, I hope they're also coherent, you know, with connecting with others, others lived experiences. Um, but I, um, within myself, within the present, at least, um, I actually earlier this week, actually sat down um it's throughout this course i'm going through um just with different certifications whatever um i sat down and i i wrote down you know where i wanted to align myself with um with the goals that i have uh, with compared to where i am now and it was it honestly it brought kind of this moment of like tears to my eyes going like oh wow i'm i'm actually in this moment of this present of aligning myself and being aligned with exactly who I want to be, who I want to continue to be, um, and and who I want to be, who I want to continue to be, that changes over time. And I think it's important to for people to know that those goals and who you want to be can change over time. It's we're very dynamic beings. We're not static. We don't stay the same. We change every new doorway we walk through. No matter how many times we walk through a doorway, we change no matter what. So it's okay to want something different um, out of yourself, out of life. And um, ironically, um, to go off of that, uh, years back, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be in active recovery. I wanted to have my own business. I just, again, didn't know how to get there. Um, and now today in the present, I, I am a published author. Um, I have two books out, working on several others. I have two businesses and I'm in a place of of I think centered centeredness where even if I start to kind of 
become misaligned with myself within the day, within the week, I'm able to navigate myself back um, because I've done so much work and practice with finding coping mechanisms, trying to catch those negative thoughts, trying to, if not counter them, trying to let them go into the wind and just let them float away like the breeze. Um, so where I am now is is at a sense of peace that I have never been before. And I continue to be at a sense of peace that I have never been at before, which is, again, such a powerful statement to make. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful because that is the place that the person who is chasing a cure needs to be, needs to get to, you know, and I don't, I don't, and I think that may sound a little harsh. Like, you know, you need to just change your thoughts. That, that's not what I'm saying. But what, what I'm saying is like, there's, there's a growth and development to what you're talking about that allows you to then be in that place of being able to acknowledge those things and being able to really be honest with yourself about where you're at now. Like it's, you know, no longer being in that place of having some willful ignorance or not understanding what you need to do to be the person that you want to be like that develop that this all takes work. Like, I don't want anyone listening to think that, okay. And I don't think you're any, by any means in what you're saying, implying this, like, there's no, because sometimes I think people hear someone talk about success and they think, well, if I just did, you know, if I was just as willful as that person, or I had their willpower, I had this, I could, you know, I'd be there, but I'm not that. So I can't, I can't ever get to that place for myself. And it's acknowledging that it's this work that you've been doing and continue to do that allows you to be where you're at today. It's, it's, it's that, it's that consciousness. It's that willingness to be mindful. It's that willingness to assess and be honest with yourself and communicate with other people. It's those things. It's so it's not, I just stopped, you know, I stopped binge eating or I, I work, you know, I, I stopped, you know, un, unhealthy amounts of, of disordered exercise. Like it's not just about one simple, it, again, it goes back, you know, I love, I don't know what it is about me lately, but I'm always like, you know, it's the person that's saying it's just make this one little shift and everything's going to be great for you. Like, it's understanding that sometimes then there's hundreds of, of shifts that are working in unison that add up to allow us to be in that place where we feel good. And we can have that moment of, you know, I'm at peace with where I'm at today. And it allows you to be at peace with where you're at on that day, even if things don't end up at the end of the day being exactly where you wanted them to be. Like it's, it's acknowledging that you can still feel good about yourself even if there was, you know, when that's someone, you know, if someone has a relapse episode or, or, you know, has a binge episode or deals with, you know, thoughts of, you know, I should punish myself or that, you know, all of those things, you can still be at that place of, I have a clear understanding of who I am and the things that I'm doing for myself and what my, what my lived experience is now, you know, as I move throughout the day, like my actions reflect the person that I want to be. Yeah, no, completely. I think that's all the way back. Um, to one of the points you made too just now is like I one of my goals too is I with everything I try to be an advocate for is I don't want it to make you know it's a lot of the times it's it can be really challenging you know with within a conversation to I think make clear just how much work sometimes you have to put in to see that long-term result in my long-term progress because it's not you know like you said it's not just oh man I I stopped binge eating. That's it. It's not this quick fix that a lot of influencers preach on their platforms to get, you know, a quick money, quick, quick return of investment. It's 
it takes day-to-day tasks with yourself and sometimes moment-to-moment tasks. And that's what I've learned. Um, I've just, I am a big, big fan of learning different philosophies, um, Stoicism, Buddhism, Taoism. Um, I guess technically they can be, but not technically. They're also considered religions. But um, within Taoism and Buddhism, it's it really helps teach you to be present and mindful in the moment. And I think we can get really caught up within the present, um, with within our thoughts, within the moment, within strife, emotional stressors, whatever it may be. Um, or if you can kind of pull yourself back and again, it takes a lot of practice, a lot of work, but when you are able to start being mindful with yourself and present with yourself in the moment, in wherever you find yourself and acknowledging that you are okay, and you, even if you're not okay, that's okay too. Um, that's when you can really start making, again, those first few steps forward um, that will result in, you know, the long-term investments where you may still have days, you will almost certainly, I don't want to generalize, but you will almost, you will certainly have days, bad days, as we all do in this existence, where you're going to be tested, um, you know, you're going to have this, yeah, your metal is going to be tested and you're going to have to see, okay, um, you know, how much have I learned? How much can I really put into practice um, through through this sort of, you know, battle in a, in a mental sense? Um, and it, it just, it ends up resulting in, in curating even further progress for yourself as long as you can just keep putting that one foot forward. And it can be about understanding that having to go through all of those things are the wins and are the victories like that mindfulness, that willingness to fight the battle, that willingness to continue to, you know, check in with yourself and ask yourself the important questions on a daily basis and doing all of that. They're not just, you know, they're not just tools to like fix or a car, you know, your engine that's not running properly. And then you don't need those tools anymore. You know, it's understanding the place that that work holds, that hard work holds in your life to carry you forward because the things that you were doing before were carrying you to a place that wasn't going to end well. Like, it's, it can feel overwhelming, but I think it's, you know, sometimes we have to acknowledge that the amount of things that we were doing to curate our, our previous behavior, especially with disordered eating or disordered relationship with our bodies, like, we were doing a lot of work to curate that relationship. You know, there was, we were expending a lot of energy, you know, a lot of energy and, you know, whether that was manifesting as the surface things like excuses to stay withdrawn or to not, you know, be present at different things or to procure the food we needed in moments of high stress. Like there's a lot of work that we were actively doing there before. So your capabilities are, can be so much more than you think. It's just learning that I can take that energy that I was expending before in other areas and now I can put it into into care and I can put it into finding myself to be in the place that I want to be at and acknowledging along the way the, the things that I am doing and conscious of the things that I might not be doing. Like I, I think one of the things that's really present in everything that you're saying is it doesn't just end with one question. You know, it's not just who do I want to be and I have that answer and it's okay, that's great because then it becomes you know, so what does that person do on a daily basis? What is that person doing in five years? What is that person taking, you know, what are the things that that person is, is focused on? You know, what, where are those, where do the priorities lie? And 
how do I do to, what do I do to get myself more in line with that place? Like, where am I? At? And that takes obviously being honest a hundred percent about where you're at in that moment. And where do I get there? You know, what do, what do I do on a daily basis? That's going to start to reinforce those things. And what do I incorporate and what am I capable of and manageable? And, you know, it goes back to something that was way, way, way at the beginning of this conversation. You know, when you were talking about your experience with, you know, rapid weight loss through some pretty, you know, out there extreme, not, well, not out there. It's things that everyone <laughs> think. Sadly, it's things that a lot of people do a lot now, but sure. not things that were not sustainable. Like what is, what is my life sustainable? Like, is my life, am I doing things on a daily basis that are not only making me feel better, but I also can understand and feel good about the fact that I'm doing them. Like, I don't feel like I'm having to white knuckle or punish myself or, Am I beating myself up? And again, I could I could probably tangent off for two hours on perspective on the things that we do and how some people will label it as, you know, that's too that is still punishment, you know, like all of those things. Like, but it's that idea of understanding that this is work that you start and it's work that continues. Like in there's value in the work itself. Your value comes through in the work itself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree with all of that. And I think um, with, with your point about touching on how much effort it truly takes to, to be negative with yourself, to live in that realm of, of, for me specifically eating disorder, um, even just living a life that you don't want to live, it genuinely takes a lot of effort. It's over time you, that becomes your normal. And just because it's your normal, it's what you're used to it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't keep standing in the flames at some point you know, ideally, right, is you have to, and you should check in with yourself, again, exactly with what you said, um, eat daily check-ins, weekly check-ins, monthly check-ins, um, and I think, again, to your point, like, this morning, even at the gym for myself, I had to, I had to check in and, and go, okay, is this workout that I'm currently in the middle of, um, is what I'm doing going to be sustainable in the short term, long term. Um, I work at a very, very high volume gym. So I see hundreds of clients a week in both one-on-one and group setting trainings. You know, I get um, almost 30,000 steps a day plus demonstrating exercises all day. So I have to be very careful with what I do physically outside of that for exercise. And, and it takes checking in with myself frequently. And the more you practice at it, the better you get and the better outside help at helping you practice that, the better you get. And over time, you start to realize, oh yeah, that way of life that I was living was incredibly challenging. It just seemed smooth because that was my normal. But now that I'm removed from that and I'm practicing these other ways of life that now used to seem really challenging, but now also seem much more smooth, I'm able to recognize this aligns with who I wanna be and just a sense of fulfillment much more than the ways I used to live. That makes complete sense, man. And I'm curious because one of the things that is unique about your experience, you know, and me having the chance to talk to you about it uh, is your writing. And so I'm curious, you know, if we can talk a little bit about the place that writing, you know, has held in your recovery, but all, you know, and in that work that you're doing on a daily basis, like, you know, your work, you, your writing is, may not all be about these specific topics, but you know, there you've done some very focused work, uh, you know, with your first book and with, you know, with your second book, like 
what so when you think about the role that your writing plays in in everything that you do in your recovery like what what's your perspective on that yeah no it was a fantastic question um so writing for me has always been this innate sense of passion i feel very very thankful um since i was very young um my grandma used to tell me you know stories growing up i would i would lay in bed with her and go you know another one another one another one to the point where i was dj Khaled before dj Khaled was himself uh just begging for another one and like so i was very fortunate to have her my own mom um my mom my stepdad they they were very very um supportive in in helping me find my passions so i mean i did so many different like summer camps uh sports like whatever it was um they just they helped me they helped support me and writing just always stuck and it was always something i was innately fulfilled by and passionate by and it just so happened that as you know the more you struggle with mental health a lot of the time those those passions and those hobbies fall off because again you're living in that bubble and when you're in that bubble nothing else you convince yourself nothing else matters and i was very very fortunate once i um started to kind of pick up my recovery again and really start to strive to you know be be the person i wanted to be rather than what that voice wanted me to be um i picked writing back up and it's the beauty of it just like life riding a bike you know it's always going to be there for you and i have my creative creative writing professor back in college to thank for that is she helped me understand that is that writing will always be there leave it for 10 years pick it back up there's going to be some rust but it's going to shake off and i equated that a lot to my recovery because even years back when i was in not so great places with myself um there would be moments where i would kind of have these like spurts of of really good stretches and then i would leave it i would drop it and i would pick it back up there'd be some rust but over time, um, as you get better at kind of sticking with those practices, writing just became a daily practice for me. And I, like I said, I always wanted to publish a book in some way. And I figured no better way to publish my first book than it to be one, my own experiences and for it to be an, an advocacy for other people who are struggling with any sort of mental health, um, specifically eating disorders. And I find that when I write, it is, it's something where I can truly be myself. And when I say that, it's kind of a catch-all for whatever I'm writing, that's why I'm in the moment. And that moment may shift in five minutes if I move on to something else. But when I'm, when I'm typing at the keys, when I'm writing with a pen, even though I don't do that much anymore, because, you know, keyboard, hello, uh, I, I find that I can disappear into those words. And when I can disappear into those words, I can kind of disappear into a space that is so much bigger than myself. Um, and that's why, that's where I really, another large part of my recovery came through continuing to practice my writing. So it's been, it's been a huge source of, of growth for me, for sure. And there's an interconnected, interconnectedness. Is that a word? Um, I, it sounds, I, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a word. Um, if I were to type it, who knows what kind of line would squiggle would under, appear underneath it. <laughs> right. But there's an interconnectedness to that the the passion you know for writing and in but the practice of writing that supports your success and supports your recovery. 
you know, there's, there's these things, you know, and th that, that's one of the things that, you know, maybe for some people it's like, well, duh, of course there's that connection. But I think sometimes too, you know, it, it speaks to finding the ability to use the things that drive us and the, th the spaces that we thrive in as tools to assist us in this work that we're doing. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that is something that I have really, really picked up on in my own therapy is that whatever you really enjoy doing is something that can really help you um, thrive just in your life. And I mean, that looks different for everybody. For myself, again, writing, I love going for walks that aren't intentional exercise, just a nice, very relaxing walk. That's kind of how I get into my creative space, especially in nature. Um, I, I have even learned that, you know, like video games, TV shows, they can on one hand be triggering for some people and lead to binge eating. Uh, for other people, they can be a sense of um, kind of coping mechanisms when you need those distractions. Um, and then, uh, you know, other actual hobbies like knitting, crocheting, whatever you enjoy doing is something that you can use to help you thrive in this life. And um, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest, and not to, not to kind of get really abstract here, but for me, just again, firsthand anecdotally, um, kind of the meaning, the meaning of existence in and of itself for me is just continuing to find who I am. And again, that has shifted, that continues to change. But where I am now is I want to be the person that little kid me years back wanted to be, and I'm exactly who he wanted to be. Um, and I just, I want to continue to honor that. And I honor that best through continuing to practice my writing, um, my recovery and, and things like that, if that all makes sense. No, I think it does. And, and, and you know, and I love hearing that, but I also love there, there's a point in there that I hope that people will take away, you know, from everything that we're talking about, but you know, from this specifically, and that's that it's not, it's not always the same exact answer for every person, you know, like you, you made the, the, the almost probably not the intentional important point in what you were saying, you know, the idea of like, you know, video games and television being things that can, you know, give you focus at times. And for another person though, they could be things that are, you know, a part of the, the, you know, their binge cycle and that behavior, you know, and be something that's triggering for someone. And I think the core concept in, in there though, is that our, our, goals and everything about us and the things we want to work on and the things that need to change, all of that can be different. And the tools that we use and the direction that we take can be different, you know, and can impact us differently. So that eternal search for the one answer to the question of how do I get healthy is not going to be what we all, you know, as human beings want it to be. It's not going to be at the end of the day that there's one pill that's going to take care of everyone, that there's one answer, you know, and again, what it becomes is about is there are some similar processes that every person can benefit from, you know, specifically a lot of the things that you've been talking about, you know, that, that look inward and that look outward, you know, that willingness to connect with other people and identify when you're, you know, the, the withdrawal behavior is a negative, but also what are the questions I need to ask myself? Like every human being can benefit through going through that level of assessment and work and thought and process it just may not look exactly the same for every person and being okay with your journey, your personal journey looking different than the journey that you emulated to try to get you where you want it to be. Like understanding that 
the the twists and turns are going to be different and being just again that i feel like i hammer that message home weekly on this podcast and daily and everything else that i do like be okay with that you know understand that you know it's and it, you know it manifests again you know social media wise when someone says well tell me your exact you know t- i need to know exactly the macros you're eating for the success that you had or what did you do exactly for exercise and what are the exact questions you asked yourself and you want to help those people but the biggest thing has to end up being you know my answer isn't going to help you you know the answer for what helped me personally you know what i specifically ate for breakfast today is not going to be the thing that sparks your journey. Like I w- I would rather inspire you through what I'm sharing, you know, for you to find those answers for yourself and, you know, finding those things that are going to help and support that and the passions that are there as the through lines in your life, in your life, like writing for you, you know, using those things that are already there and are already strong and being willing to, you know, we said a while back, like step into some of the, the not so brightly lit paths so that you're going to end up lighting them yourself, like finding the way to like bring the light. Yeah, no, I completely, again, um, has this been the uh, status quo with this whole conversation? I agree um, with, with everything you just said. Um, Everybody has individualistic experiences and it's, and for some people like it's, and I preach this to my clients, not preach. I advocate to my clients um that like one style of fitness might not be for them but if they like water aerobics drumming like whatever it is that they can feel kind of impassioned by within um within this life whatever they enjoy that is really what leads and is going to continue to lead a lot of times at least to continued progress um just like with coping mechanisms and and coping strategies um some people might not even know like what they what their hobbies are what their passions are like i have a client you know she's been a parent almost her whole life she's a grandparent now um at a parent from a very young age at least but like she really hasn't had time in her life to to find her hobbies and passions and now like she's retired she has extra time and so i'm working with her now of finding other things that that she can do and use throughout the day that are other than just watching TV and the news, because that's just a rabbit hole that nobody needs to go down. Um, and so some people might need to kind of do some work within that just to find what they what their hobbies are. Um, they can seem like a lot, but it's just that first step. And again, I don't want to use just lightly, but if you can take that first step and if you can take one step forward, in a plethora of different ways that is that is where you're going to start to see kind of the person that you want to be and the person that you are oh, i love that man I, and i think that's that's really that's if if that's the one thing that people can you know and i think there's a hundred things to take away from what we've been talking about but taking that away um i just think is is something i i would want to put a pin in for every person that's listening to this episode JC, I have really, I, I also feel like we could probably keep talking for four hours, like, and, <laughs> no, and tangent on, off on a, a million different things and dive into some things deeply and then jump to another and come back to it. Like, I, I think, you know, and that would be fun. You know, that would be fun for me. I'm not sure, you know, eventually people would be like, they're, they're you know, they could walk away, go do the dishes, do some laundry, come back and be like, oh, they're still talking. 
Um, yeah, they're like, why are they talking about the Justice League now? What yeah, is happening? like, where did this, where did that come from? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, which, you know, don't even get me started, you know, don't bring up the Justice League and get me started on those kind of tangents. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, at, at some point, we do have to, you know, kind of start to, to wrap up what we're talking about, man. Sure. Is, there, is there anything that you haven't had a chance to talk about during this conversation or things that you want to specifically highlight, pe- highlight for people as, as we do wrap up? Yeah, um, let me try to, you know, align my ADHD here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did ping pongs. Um, no, I I think my own my my own podcast, Blossom Where You Bleed, is is all about exactly what we've talked about and just growing from the places where you've been hurt. And it starts by, in in one of many ways, but it starts by being gentle with yourself. And you don't you don't start to make progress by beating yourself into the dirt. You have to be gentle, and being gentle with yourself is is one of the strongest things you can do for yourself uh, i just want to make that clear for um for everybody who does listen is that when you're gentle you can really start to find that growth and that's that's what's important love that man and i i feel like there's again like i said there there's a, a a million different directions we could we could continue this conversation and we'll have to at some point you know i think that would be great but for yeah. now, man, I, 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 I wrap up every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Oh, my God. I, I am, I'm, all, I'm all ears. I'm so ready. Okay, here we go, man. Question number one, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh, ooh. Um, uh, ooh, let me think. I almost just said Butterbean, but he's still alive. Um, well, it's living or dead. He's still alive. It's living oh, is fine. Oh, oh. Yeah, living or. Butterbean, by far. There we go. For people who might, I, that's not an answer I, I think I've ever gotten on the show. So give people a, <laughs> the elevator speech on who Butterbean is. Um, you know, so I've been boxing for years. Um, he's at least, he is a, I want to say he was at least at one point a professional boxer. Um, I beat the ever-loving crud out of Johnny Knoxville on Jackass. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people might recognize him from. There you go. There you go. Question number two, man. What is something about yourself that you love? Oh, um, uh, not to pat myself on the back. I want to say my empathy and compassion. Uh, I think it's a natural sort of inclination I have to help people. So I'll leave it at that. Probably that or my writing. One or the one or the other. Well, there. either one is a great choice, man. Either one is a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. Question number three on this journey that you've been on, JC, like what what is something you would identify as an important new habit that you've built? Um. Honestly, being nice to myself, and that seems simple, but it's really not. So being nice with myself and not negatively talking down to myself has led to a lot of points of growth within myself. There we go, man. Question number four, JC, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I am, um, goal is to publish, um, two more books this year and then uh, two or three more books next year. So that is, that's kind of the primary focus on the agenda right now. There we go, man. And question number five, JC, if you had the opportunity to give, go back and give a message to JC, who was just getting started on this, you know, this journey of self-discovery and and learning about the person that you wanted to be and asking yourself those questions, is there a message you feel like that person needs to hear? (laughs) <laughs> Man, yeah, I have thought about this 
Oh, my, I, thousands of times. Um, honestly, I, I would go back and, and at my lowest, just give that kid in high school a hug. Like, just let him know that the words of others and that the actions of others, it, they're not on him. It's not his fault. And it's not a reflection of him. And the only validation he needs is, is to find the one within himself um, and, and try to make that hug as just friendly and warm as possible. Love that, man. So, JC, if anyone has listened to this discussion and wants to connect with you, find your books, find your podcast, everything that you're doing, where do they find you, man? Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram as JC Kirby 33, J A C Y K I R B, as in boy, Y 33, the numbers. Um, Facebook, JC Kirby, same spelling. Uh, I have a TikTok page, uh, J L B K Poetry. Um, and you can find my books, uh, my To My Eating Disorder book on Amazon.com, uh, Kindle, both available in paperback and ebook. And then I just actually, like a week ago, um, just published my second book of poetry titled For Heartbreaks and Soulmates. Has nothing to do with fitness. It's all about um, finding your soulmate, finding heartbreaks, and you know all of the experiences in that journey. Um, so you can find it on Amazon. Nice. Well, man, I will make sure to put links to all of that in the show notes for the episode. I do want to say a big thank you for coming on and having this conversation and sharing your experience with us today, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Like I said at the very beginning, this it's such an honor, such a privilege to be such. Let me start that over. That was my speech impediment coming out. It's such an honor and such a privilege to be on here. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome, man. And my conversation with JC isn't over. We're going to jump over and continue it on the Patreon after show. So if you are not a Patreon for the show, what are you doing with your life? Uh, probably doing some really good things. Um, you know, being the Patreon to a podcast doesn't make or break your existence. But, you know, it's nice. And you get to hear us keep talking. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and do it, you know. Uh, and then, my friends, remember, you can also connect with me on Instagram at GourmetGhostKeto on, on X at GourmetGhostKeto. Um, a lot of you find me on TikTok, and I, I think I've only posted one thing on there, and I probably will never post another thing. Um, so don't <laughs> don't track me down there. Um, you can also obviously email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Please remember, if you enjoyed this discussion, you feel like you have someone in your life that you you know could benefit from hearing it, share it with them. You know, you don't always have to do. You don't have to always open your wallets to support the podcast. Just talking about the fact that you enjoy it and sharing it with people is is more than enough in my eyes. So. My friends, remember, go out there and do something today to amaze yourselves when you're done doing all that other stuff because you are the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.